0: Hey friends, it's Eric Hulkerin and welcome to another episode of the Michigan's Best Podcast. All May long, whether you're watching the video version of this podcast or you're checking out the audio version of the podcast, it is brought to you by these sponsors who helped us feed the front lines and feed first responders on Nurses Day. Zhang Financial, Henry A. Fox, Sales, University of Michigan Credit Union, Garrett's Appliance, Muskegon Surgical Associates, and Chemical Bank, a division of TCF National Bank.
1: Sherman from MLive and Michigan's Best, and we've been talking with local restaurant owners about things that they're doing in the community and how they're dealing with the coronavirus pandemic throughout the state, and today we've got our good friend Dave Dewey with us from The Whitney in Detroit, one of Michigan's most iconic restaurants. Dave, welcome.
0: Well, well it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, And 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 yes, I hope we are Michigan's most iconic restaurant. You and most are, romantic. And so.
1: most romantic. Well, you guys but are you, absolutely fantastic.
0: <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be here to really enjoy it. So that's, that's what really hurts us during this whole thing is not being able to welcome guests into the mansion.
1: Right, because you are in a very special location. You're located right on Woodward Avenue in a gorgeous mansion that may or may not be haunted. But beyond that, it is incredibly romantic. Uh, fireplaces. It, I mean, really kind of tell people what it's like if they've never gotten to experience the glory that is the Whitney.
0: Well, it, it's really like dining inside a museum. There's an awful lot of history there with um, the, the building being erected by a lumber baron, David Whitney, back in 1893. Um, it's been a restaurant now for a little bit over 30 years. And to be able to take a tour and learn about the architecture and sort of step back, back in time a little bit to what what it would have been like when Detroit was the Paris of the Americas. Detroit was the, the center of the, of the industrial world back at the turn of the century. And to be in a building that reflects that kind of majesty is pretty awesome. It's a beautiful place.
1: It truly is. And I love that um, you actually have a historian on site to, to do the tours. So I mean, you take this very seriously. You're kind of the last holdout from that era, at least in that part of Detroit. We,
0: we really do. I mean, competing in Detroit in the world of restaurants is a, it can be a difficult thing in the best of times. And so we understand that people come to the Whitney for the experience. The food's great, service is really good and caring, but the, the reason that they really come is to step foot inside this beautiful building and become a little bit of that history for the two hours they're here dining with us. And, and we, we realize that that's important. We have a program going on that we're gonna roll out this week um, where we're actually gonna allow guests who are stuck at home to bring the Whitney home. And and it's called the Big Night Inn, and it's about a three-hour experience um, that will include champagne and wine and some of our house specialties. The chef will help you go through the whole kitchen experience of cooking and preparing that food. But Jim, the historian, takes everybody on a 45-minute tour through the mansion, and all this is gonna be done through a video link. And Joel, who is probably the best piano player in Michigan, Um, kind of entertains people while they're enjoying their dinner. It's it's a really cool event. Um, And we were trying to figure out how do we get involved in the carry out and delivery program because you can't carry out and deliver ambiance. It's just too tough to do. But in this circumstance, I think we figured out a way um, that for people who are are really afraid to go out, even when the world reopens, um, my parents, for example, are are not gonna go anywhere for a while. They're hunkering in and, and staying home. But to be able to give them this sort of a three and a half hour escape um, to really almost feel like you're dining in the Whitney for three hours, even though you're eating at your kitchen table, um, I think it was going to be a great experience for people.
1: Oh, I love that idea. That's, that's totally creative and unique. Now, that's going to be happening um, this Friday for the very first time?
0: For the very first time. We haven't even rolled it out publicly yet. It, they'll do a little bit of social media on it this week we want to roll it out slow we're going to do it for some vips this weekend and kind of get their feedback and make sure that the experience is touching people the way we want it to uh, but then starting next week it'll roll out in earnest and And i think it's the kind of thing where uh you'll want to give it to your parents for their 25th anniversary if they're stuck at home or you might want to uh give it to you know somebody who who you know would love to have this sort of historic dining experience but they can't and they won't be able to for a while. I think that's where the thing is going to find its legs and become something special. I
1: love that. That's a great idea. Well, we'll send people to your website and to your Facebook page for more information on that program. They'll be coming out. But since you guys have been shut down, um, like most of Detroit area restaurants, um, you've been doing some other things in the community that I find um, really exciting. And you have a special program called the Grill Box program. Tell me more about that.
0: The grill box, um, it, it, the first phase of it is now wrapped up, but we ended up selling um, well over 300 grill boxes. Excuse me, that's not right. 3,000 grill boxes. Oh
1: my, well, that's a big difference, Dave. It's a
0: significant difference. And <laughs> it, still- it's What is still- a
1: grill box? I don't even know what a grill box is. <laughs>
0: a grill box included uh, two um, USDA Prime New Yorks, and coincidentally, I ate my first one last night after we sold a bunch, there were a couple left over and I ate my first one last night, it was absolutely fabulous day. But it included two prime New York strips, a bottle of uh, Whitney Label champagne, um, and a, a little gift card, and some steak seasoning, and just some things to help you have a little bit of fun on the grill. Um, but the the nice part about it is we sold it for $100, and for everyone we sold, we gave a $100 gift card to the support staff at Henry Ford Hospital. And the reason we did that was Nurses, doctors, those kind of frontline people, they're getting lots of accolades and a lot of recognition, but the guys who are working in food service at the hospital, the ones who are cleaning the floors and doing security and working the reception tables, they're not getting that same kind of, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, publicity, but they're doing, taking the same risks, taking the same chances, leaving their families every day, to go in and support this effort. And so we wanted to have kind of a unique way to recognize them. So we ended up handing out um, $30,000, $35,000 in gift cards um, to those support staff at Henry Ford. And we're excited when we get reopened to welcome them and to spend those and have some fun.
1: Wow, that, that's amazing. And I love that you, um, exactly what you said, that you chose, uh, Frontline workers who haven't been getting that recognition, and as people in the service industry, we know how how hard uh, cooks and chefs work, and and especially janitorial crews. You can't have a restaurant without the dishwashers. And
0: right, you know, right. And and you know, we I got to meet the I got to meet the two chefs who operate all the food service, and it was really interesting because they have a, a already have a leg up on what social distancing in kitchens are going to look like. How you're going to be able to to manage handling and all those things in the future they're doing it in a hospital so they're teaching a, a lot of good habits to a lot of other restaurant people they're they're the ones that are doing it first and we can all learn a little bit from them so that was a real nice benefit for this as well we're going to do a father's day grill box um, that'll roll out right after memorial day and that's going to be a little bit more upscale that's going to include a, a bottle of whitney bourbon a couple of ribeyes it'll be probably 200 bucks um, it's going to be a, a little bit nicer of a program, a special gift for dad, and really targeted for Father's Day. And uh, the gift cards for that particular event are going to be distributed to the Wayne State Police Department. Um, Anthony Holt, the chief over there, is a great friend of the restaurant. Um, they are always there, not just to help us, but to help every single business in Midtown. They're a phenomenal partner, and they do a lot of good things for us. And, you know, y- you don't hear about that police department you hear about the detroit police but again this is a group of guys and ladies who are taking the exact same risks and putting themselves out there every day and and i i am in midtown every day i'm, I'm down here working and you just nothing has changed in terms of the the order and the way people are being approached and taken care of you you know you, you see the police out helping people that are stuck on the sidewalk or people that are just in need of help, you see them performing that kind of police duty. You're not watching them um, get engaged in you know, things that are aggressive or, or not helpful. Everything they do seems to be positive for this community and we wanna recognize that as well.
1: That's great to hear. So the gift certificates are actually for the Whitney. So that these frontline workers can come and experience what you guys have to offer, which I think is also kind of cool, because I know when I was a line cook, there was no way I could have gone and eaten at the Whitney. I couldn't have afforded it. But to have that experience in your repertoire is pretty neat.
0: And and that's why we made them 100 bucks. I mean, we made them enough so that people can really come in here and, and enjoy a good dinner. It's not... You know, you give somebody a twenty-five dollar gift certificate. It's you know, it's it's like a coupon, really. For it's nice, and it's great, but it doesn't cover it. A hundred dollars, you can come in here and have a have a pretty darn good dinner and a nice glass of wine, and it's paid for. And we wanted this to be a, an experience they could really come in and enjoy.
1: I love that. Well, to everyone out there who's getting a gift certificate from the Whitney's grill box program, may I recommend that you try the Tomahawk steak because it is one of the most delicious steaks in all the land. And Dave, just to share a little bit of how much attention to detail you guys do at the Whitney. Tell us how you you age the steak because it's still one of my favorite stories sure, about what sure. you do with your steaks at the Whitney.
0: One one of our best vendor partners is Fairway Pack. And they are located in the Eastern Market, and and they are um, phenomenal. Through this whole situation, they've provided us with the ability to do the grill boxes. They've provided steaks. We were doing a Memorial Day box, picnic box, with ground beef, and as everybody knows, ground beef is hard to come by right now, and very expensive. And we struck a deal with them uh, two weeks ago or so, um, for a price for ground beef, so that we could sell these Memorial Day picnic boxes and they've held the price even though the price has gone crazy. They're just a great partner. But the, the tomahawk and, and most of our of our aged beefs beef come from a Himalayan salt locker that's inside Fairway Packing. And what makes this locker so cool, when you go in there, and we have pictures of this on our Instagram account, and I'll pop one up on Facebook today. But if you go into that room, what it is, it's a big cooler, with shelving units. And the Whitney has its own shelving unit and the the beef begins on the bottom shelf and then every seven days it moves up a shelf until it's dry aged for 28 days. And then the beef is processed. Every single night um, inside that locker, there's a, a large open wall of pink Himalayan rock salt. And when they close the door at night, they turn on a fan which creates basically a hurricane inside the cooler and this wind blows around this salt wall, picks up little particles of salt, and it sticks to the beef throughout the the entire salt locker. So you're getting this aging process combined with this salt being slammed into the meat every single night for six, seven hours, and it really creates a kind of a -a one-of-a-kind steak experience. And it's something that people, once you have one of those, um, everything else seems like less. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, 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 this, this New York that I took home, which was aged exactly that same way, I'm, I've never, I like fillets and I like ribeyes, never been a huge fan of it. In New York. But eating the steak was like eating a fillet. It was unbelievably tender and it was great. So the, the process works really well. Um, it's a process that I've learned a lot about in the last few years from, from Emmett and Pete over at Fairway Packing. But sometimes you've got to let the experts do what the experts do. These guys live, eat, breathe, die, beef, and I trust them. And that trust has worked out really well for us to be able to provide a great steak.
1: Well, you certainly do. I have to say it, it truly is a, a fine piece of meat. And I totally want a Himalayan salt cave now in my basement to eat They're great. It's great. If you can afford
0: it, it's fantastic. <laughs> right?
1: It's so great. Well, as you're moving forward, um, I'm sure your whole staff is scrambling to figure out how these new rules are going to work. And, uh, you know, again, Detroit is not opened yet like uh, the UP recent w- recently was announced, but we know that it's probably going to be happening hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And I know I just looked at the MRLA site at all the regulations and their tips for reopening. It seems pretty overwhelming. How are you guys feeling about all of that?
0: Um, I, I think what people have to really remember, is that restaurants have lived under sanitation and hygiene regulations forever. Um, we consistently are inspected at least twice a year. There are a lot of rules in place. We coincidentally, and, and for some reason, a year and a half, two years ago, we had already decided to install hand sanitizing stations as you exit every bathroom. Um, we, we had those in place and we have them in place at every um, employee workstation. So the room where we get the coffee, the service bar area where you pick up cocktails, all of those were previously in place. Um, So now we have to add to a lot of the the practices that we already had. For example, we will have every single shift, one person uniquely dedicated to cycling the building and wiping off every door handle, every banister on every staircase, um, the buttons on the elevator, all of those touch points that guests are consistently touching. Um, In addition to that, we will have um, sanitizing stations that are out and obvious. I mean, part of being sanitary and and having great hygiene situations is letting people see it happen, right? Guests are going to be more comfortable if they see their server stopping as they enter the room and giving themselves a little hand sanitizer. They're going to feel better if, servers are wearing masks, if tables are truly distanced, we're blessed with 14 private dining rooms at the Whitney. Um, and we, socially, social distancing for us um, is is going to be a different situation than for other restaurants that have wide open spaces. Because we'll be able to see 14 tables in 14 private dining rooms before we have to put two tables in the same room. Wow. Uh, so, so we're going to really be able to um, provide a real evident social distancing program for people. Um, in the kitchen, it's sort of the same thing. We've streamlined our menu. Um, and now instead of having a soup, of course, a salad course, an entree course, side dishes, all of the, the baseline meals are going to include a super salad that the servers can get in a socially distanced fashion. The, the plates will be composed plates so that, you don't have to order a side dish or whatever and share it around the table, you'll be able to kind of live inside your own portion. And and those sorts of things um, are the things that are gonna make guests feel more comfortable. Um, The less interaction they have to have physically with other people is gonna make the experience nicer. Our tea service is a real important part of what we do because it's a a uniquely elegant feature that the Whitney has. And our tea service has always come out on this three-tiered, beautiful China Tea service plate Now we can't do that anymore that for at least for the time being now tea is gonna have to be individually plated and served per person so there are some adjustments that are just gonna have to be made um, we're happy to make them and I think it's something that um, people are gonna appreciate seeing it be so evident right they, they don't they aren't really interested in what we're doing behind the scenes they are but what they really want to know is that what they see happening and reassures them that we're doing good safety processes everywhere in the restaurant.
1: Right, the visual stuff. I didn't even think about the tea, but you're right. That's a really big part of your, your business sure. in, in the afternoons. Sure. And yeah, you'd have now, to change how you're going to serve it.
0: And, and, you know, we're also fortunate to have probably the nicest outdoor dining area in the city. Um, the gardens at the Whitney, uh, you know, one upside of this whole pandemic is that our gardeners having a field day. Um, she's been out there planting bulbs and planting flowers and the gardens have never been prettier Um, and again we can see socially distanced we can easily see 45 50 60 people out in the garden and and that is really going to be high demand dining I think there's there's no feeling of of safer air and safer surroundings than when you're outdoors in the open air and I so I do think that the gardens are going to be a a real high demand place for guests to sit.
1: I would agree with you on that. I didn't realize that you thought you could put that many people out there. That's a pretty significant number. What what percentage of capacity do you think you'll be able to run at the Whitney?
0: Well, we were planning on 25%, honestly, uh, but then the governor came out and uh, her new rules in Traverse City or up north are 50%. So I'm going to presume she's going to present the same set of standards here, outdoor dining and indoor dining at 50%. Um, for us, I mean, again, 50% is terrific. We're not interested in pushing it from, you know, 40 to 50. We're, we're really interested in making sure that the seating dynamic is obvious to guests. If she, you know, if, if the rule is they have to be six feet apart, some tours are going to have to get out a tape measure and make sure they're six feet apart, right? Uh, because there are restaurants with smaller footprints that are really going to be stressed by this. We're not that guy. We don't, we're not going to have to do that. We're going to be able to, you know, really space people, keep them apart, make them feel comfortable. Our guests skew a little bit older and Mm -hmm. and I think that they're going to be a little bit more fearful. So we want to go to the extreme to make them feel better. That's really important to us. And so if we don't get, you know, if it's 50%, we may operate at 40, right? Just to be safe. If it's 25%, then we're already Our dining rooms are already set at that level, um, and we're still able to seat enough people to get us through most nights of the week. We'll lose some significant business on Friday, Saturday night, and Sunday brunch, but the rest of the week, we should be in a spot where we're okay.
1: That's good to hear, because my next question was, is it viable for a restaurant to be able to open and operate at 50%?
0: I have to tell you, it's viable for some, but not viable for all. I think that there are a lot of again smaller footprint restaurants, places that are, you know, what I call the boutique restaurants, where they're chef owned and chef operated, and and I see struggles ahead for those places that are small. Um, if you have a restaurant that only seats 60 people, and now you have to reduce that to 30 people, unless your landlord reduces the rent, unless something else changes, trying to operate that business at that capacity is going to be difficult. And, and the real challenge is, is you don't know how long it's going to last. That's, that's the real challenge of this. Everything that's happening right now changes every day. So I've kind of rewritten the marketing plan for the Whitney three times in the last three weeks because everything sort of seems to change. Even the positive change from our thought that it was going to be 25% to the reality that will probably be 50%. That presents staffing challenges. You know, now we have to, we'll need more staff to, to accommodate a 50% capacity than we would a 25% capacity. So all of those things kind of tend to come into play. Um, and then you add to that the difficult decision employees have to make who are earning the federal supplement to their unemployment, And what's their incentive to come back? How, how do we give them a positive incentive to make this a good experience for them as well and to make sure they stay safe at work every day? Those are kind of important things we have to deal with as well.
1: Yeah, that's a big question I have is about the incentive. I mean, if you are a line cook or a dishwasher and you were, you know, you're, you're probably making more money now on the unemployment with the federal uh, add-in, how, how do you convince them to come back to work?
0: Well, I sent a, a letter out to my staff, and I actually have a full staff meeting here later in the week with everybody trying to do this Zoom thing with all the, the whole crew, but uh, which will be interesting. This
1: is your practice. You're practicing and you're doing that's great. That's right. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> and it's working pretty well. The... Um, the real thing I told them in my email was, don't think about what July looks like, think about what's gonna be under your Christmas tree. Um, because the decisions we make today and the way that we operate our restaurant today are gonna to take us through the end of the year. And we don't know what's gonna change in September, we don't know when they're gonna up the seating, we don't know any of those things. But what we do know is that everybody's gotta to continue to earn a living. Um, The federal government isn't going to continue this $600 supplement forever. Um, they may extend it. They may not. Who knows? But a, a good quality job at a good quality restaurant um, that provides you with career level financial opportunities is, is still going to be tough to find, and, and it's going to get tougher. Um, if it's 50% capacity, I mean, you could say that means 50% of the workforce returns, And that means 50% of the restaurant people are out of work. Um, We don't want that to be the situation for any of our people. Uh, We want everybody to have an opportunity to come back, but they'll, they will. And again, I think my staff is, they're pretty mature, pretty professional. They get it. Um, And I I think that they're going to look ahead at this and think, all right, well, it's going to be a little tougher for me in July. It's hard to walk away from this guaranteed money, but I do know that, I want to have a quality job in August, September, October and the way that that's going to happen is to come back now. So that's the plan.
1: Now I assume you'll be providing your staff when they do come back with um, PPE gear, gloves, masks, whatever they're going to need.
0: Yeah, actually uh, my wife is a nurse and in her spare time she's been making these beautiful masks. So we have Whitney-esque masks already Uh in in stock and ready to go for everybody.
1: You're branded and ready. I love that. We are ready, yes we are.
0: So, well, that no, I, is fantastic. It, it, and, and again part of it too is there's safety and there's what the, the governor says to do. So for example our server is going to wear gloves. Like well, you can make a really good case for the fact that where you, whether you wear gloves or not you need to stop at the hand sanitizer station before you go in a dining room. So if the governor requires us to wear gloves we will, and we'll stop at the hand sanitizer station. If she doesn't, we won't, and we'll stop at the hand sanitizer station. So it it's about making sure that we're doing what the governor says and following the science at the same time to make sure that the experience for the guests is as good as it can be. Uh, you know, sometimes doing things just to do them don't make a lot of sense. Um, uh, doing them because you're directed to follows the, lo- the letter of the law, and that's really important. But Uh, We want to make sure that we're doing the things that are truly appropriate to keep our staff and our customers safe.
1: Best practices. I like it. Yeah. So Dave Dewey, he's the Director of Operations at the Whitney in Detroit. You guys have some more grill boxes that are going to be available uh, for Father's Day and Memorial Day weekend, you mentioned. And people can get information on those as well as the Whitney's new reopening for takeout if they head to your Facebook page or your webpage, which is?
0: Uh, TheWhitney.com. Pretty simple. TheWhitney.com and 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 we are taking reservations right now into June, uh, beginning at the beginning of june and and hopefully we'll be there. But a, a lot of our regular guests, people that follow us on Facebook and that sort of thing, you know, they want to know when can I make a reservation? We're telling them now, and that if something changes and we can't honor them, of course we'll we'll get them in another time. But people who are trying to celebrate birthdays, anniversaries and things that are happening in June and July, we encourage them to go ahead and make reservations now. Because we don't want people to be disappointed by waiting and then realizing our capacity is cut so far down that we don't have a reservation at the time they want. I think, what again, what all restaurants are going to see is longer meal periods. Where it used to be that your meal period was focused between 6 o'clock and 8.30. Now that meal period, when you limit the seating, you force the meal periods longer. So we're going to see guests coming in for dinner at 4 and 9.30. It's going to be a longer a longer meal period so that people can just find a reservation. So it's um, it's going to be an interesting time, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, we encourage everyone out there to have patience as our restaurateurs figure out this new system of working. And Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. I super appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, thanks for having me. It was great. I, I enjoyed practicing the Zoom <laughs> and uh, look forward to seeing you in the restaurant. Thank you again for checking out the Michigan's Best Podcast. Want to take a moment to thank the other sponsors who are making these podcasts possible all May long. We're talking about Frankenmuth Credit Union, Northwoods Village, Fifth Third Bank, Stanley Steamer, and Chelsea State Bank. So thank you to all of them and to our other sponsors who are making these podcasts possible all May long. Be well, friends.